Hello, everyone, and welcome to Oh! A Podcast, the podcast about playing games and making games, brought to you by O-Rock Studios. I'm Paul Franzen, the head boy of O-Rock. Oh, and I'm Michael Gray. I'm the best boy of O-Rock. Best boy? Best boy? Okay, I, listen, I did, sure. I did say you could make up whatever title you want, but I don't feel great about this one. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it in an Alice in Wonderland book. Apparently it has something to do with uh, lighting in movies. Fantastic. But no, I hate it. You can be the you can be the grip. How about that? Okay. Well, apparently there's a best boy grip. Ooh. Oh, no, no, no. Well, you can be the best grip, I guess. I guess. Since Does we don't that have mean any... the person grips the best boy? Because that feels <laughs> like... That would be a painful job. So do we need to get someone else that holds you in place? You're the best boy, we need the grip to hold you. Yeah. Or, I don't know, I tell gripping tales. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Hmm, maybe you should be the gripper. Like, because you, you grip people with your storytelling. Could be. That sounds oh, like... Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Dangerous, though. Like Jack the Ripper. It sounds too much like that. I was like just going to say, I want to start calling you Mike the Gripper. <laughs> If yeah, that's all no. right. No. <laughs> yep. Sorry. I think you need to rebrand. Get rid of Argolfump. You're now Mike the Gripper. <laughs> rebrand to something people can actually spell. All right. That's true. <laughs> so have so you done new. any yeah. video game stuff this past month? I have. I have. I have a lot of stuff that I've been working on this month. Don't worry. All right, great, because I always can never remember what I did this past <laughs> month. Um, I don't think I, like, updated our spreadsheet so I could actually see, so... Right. Yeah, no, the spreadsheet totally fell apart for me once we had to redo all of the art for Co-Author Crush. I've been yeah, so bad too. about keeping that up. Yeah, Oh, I added achievements to the game. Yes, you did. Thank you. And I did make a mistake with the, the one achievement, so um, <laughs> I noticed when I tried to load the game, or, or try to play the game, I'm like, oh no. What, did it, did it like crash or something? Oh yeah, it crashed, it wouldn't start the game. Um, mm. I, I don't know uh, if this is spoiler territory or not, you can tell mm. me or if it is, but um, there are two different burger places you can visit in the game. Uh, of course. <laughs> there's one in... Uh, two different pathways it, it, they're different burger places yes yeah one one is one is more like little kid oriented and the other is more like teen oriented i guess yeah so mm -hmm. the achievement is you get an achievement if you visited both burger places in the game <laughs> oh wait no you know i think i know what you're talking about because i think i think yeah i think i i triggered that glitch too oh good I well think... it's an easy fix yeah. uh yeah Basically, it's like, if visited burger place number one equals true, and if burger visited burger place number two equals true, then the player gets the achievement. But I put it in parentheses, and I, I did not include the second parentheses. That was it, yeah. Yep, that, that's been fixed already. So I'm sorry for not putting two uh, parentheses, one after each variable. It's okay. Or or something like that. No, it would have been three sets of parentheses, maybe. Well, I'm I'm sorry to say that this glitch is going to delay us by another two months. So. Oh man. Ugh. Yeah. But I think that was mostly what I did was I I added the achievements and I think I got rid of the uh, 
the one achievement where, um, let's see, uh, the premise of the game is it's called Co-Author Crush, and the premise is that you, you are writing a novel, and in some of the endings you actually write a novel, and some of them you don't. And then one of the achievements was going to be write a novel, which only gets triggered if you get one of the endings where you write a novel. Of course. I just deleted that one. Um, that's not Aww. an achievement anymore. I, I think there weren't enough endings where you actually wrote a novel. Or at least with one of the characters, all three of their endings did not involve you writing a novel. Um, <laughs> definitely, because in Philosophy Mom, in the good ending, Philosophy Mom writes the novel for you. Right. So it's like, oh, that's an ending where you don't write a novel. I think that might have happened in a, another pathway to maybe, I don't know. Yeah, there, it was something similar with uh, at least one of the Cat President games, right? Where it was like, we had an achievement for, was it marrying the cat or being elected president? Or both. One of the Maybe two. Maybe it was both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was like only in certain good endings do you actually, does that actually happen? Yes. I, I feel like that's the thing with Cat President 3 is uh, most of the good endings end with your character being nominated and we never even get to find out what happens in the November election. <laughs> we didn't get to writing what happens our our who the other political party picks as your opponent for the uh, general oh, yeah, no, election. We don't, we don't care about them in this game. Yeah, they're they're, <laughs> they're just ignored. Yeah. I think it, it is mentioned offhand in a couple of endings and I had a different uh different person get picked every time. I don't know if that's a continuity right. error we want to get rid of, but say like in pathway number one, the other party nominates a cat named Rhino. And then I forget who the other cat is that gets nominated in like pathway number three. There's one with a really silly name. I remember that. That I mean most most of our cats are very silly names. Yeah, but... <laughs> that sounds accurate. <laughs> but I believe this this one was silly to the point where I left a comment about it. Not not a negative comment. I think I was just like, Wow, that's a name. <laughs> probably Poopsie the Eleventh, maybe. Is probably also one of the uh Oh uh, yeah, of course. The Poopsie lineage must continue. Yes. Oh yeah. Also the uh upload the soundtrack video to YouTube to check for copyright triggers. Yes. I did that. Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. I can't I'm so annoyed that you've that your upload found even more uh triggers than, than mine did. Like why like we both did it sort of independently and we both got different songs that triggered copyright violations. That's not great. There's something there's something not great about that. Well, I think that's why I, I warned you that uh, yeah. YouTube, you, you've got to do it more than once. Yeah, otherwise absolutely. It, yeah, I don't know how much yeah. of that is accurate or not. <laughs> well, it was interesting because one of the one of the commonalities that I learned was that music from Pixabay kept triggering copyright issues. Pixabay is, of course, the public domain photo website we've used quite a bit. Um, they also have a music section, and multiple of the tracks that I picked from there triggered copyright flags on YouTube. So that's weird. I mean, that was all supposed to be freely available in the public domain, so I'm not sure what's going on there, if it's a single artist uploading tracks or if there's someone uploading music there that they shouldn't be, which would then call into questions the photos that are uploaded, that uploaded there as well. But um, I just... 
I completely eliminated Pixabay as a source for music. I actually even made a note in my list of sources specifically not to use that because I was afraid that if I just deleted it, then I might come back a few years later and be like, oh, hey, look, Pixabay has music. I should start using them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now I can make sure I remember not specifically not to use this website. Yeah, I'm not sure. I do remember like going through the Kevin McLeod website at one point, mm-hmm. and uh, I think it was like on the FAQs where a lot of people message him. It's like, hey, we used your public domain music on YouTube and got copyright slammed for it. What do we do? And this answer is basically, I don't know. I'm not a YouTube person. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Somebody so. told YouTube they own uh the you know his music and uh, that causes problems. Yeah. So I mean like I could try to fight the copyright strike on my end but it I mean if it's going to tr- this trigger the same strike for other people doing their let's plays and streams like it doesn't matter like uh, that's the main problem I'm trying to avoid here is is streamers getting caught because I used music that YouTube thinks is copywritten. Uh regardless of whether it actually is or not. Mm-hmm. Yep. Thank you. Thank you for doing that. That was a great idea. Uh, and I, I think I've, I've since replaced, uh, oh yeah, all that music is replaced now, but probably do another round of this uh, before the game uh, is released. Well, what always sure. annoys me is when like the song is clearly public domain, but it gets a copyright hit anyway. Cause like <laughs> the Boston <laughs> pops orchestra did this piece by, Beethoven. Right. So it's not even like the same version, but their version sounds similar enough to this public domain version that. Mm-hmm. The... Yeah. Well, there are definitely a few companies that make their living making fake sure. copyright strikes. Like, cool. I, I have been given the ability to do that, I think. Let's see. Well, YouTube has this channel, our, our copyright thing on the left, and uh, I can look up copyright matches and uh, let me see here like it it could tell me how much of the video matches um so so you could go after someone else's like commentary free let's play of a nancy drew game and be like hey that's the same as my commentary free video they owe me money that's a violation of my copyright that's almost exactly what it is oh yes my god because it's got 10% of the... it With those, it's saying 10% of the video. Uh, 10% of their video is the same as my video. It's like, yeah, that's oh because God. we played the same <laughs> video same game. game. Oh my gosh. Ugh. But uh, several, like, many, many years ago, I forget how many years ago, um, there's a Nancy Drew movie, which is public domain now, uh, 1939, and so there's a bunch of people that have uploaded that to uh, YouTube. And so, because I did it first, YouTube's like, hey, these guys, this this is 90 to 100% of their video (laughs) is the same as yours. Uh, I do have the option to, like, try to report them. Or request video removal. Ooh. Or contact channel. Hmm. I wonder what happens if I click request video removal. Yeah, it tells me infringing content. Copyright owner. Yeah, I have a form to fill out and everything. Removal mm-hmm. options. Legal agreement. Yeah. Anyway. So I think yeah. that's what these channels are doing, basically. Is say, for whatever reason, they're like, hey, this... 
this song belongs to me. And YouTube's just makes it kind of easy for you to see which people are also, yeah. you know, videos have your song or your your particular music. <sighs> Something kind of similar happened with this uh, FMV game developer uh, that I know. Uh, they released a game called Morph Girl several years ago. And uh, just as kind of a goof, there's a TV in the game that you can find. And there's an achievement for just sitting there and watching the full a full movie on the TV. They they just pasted an entire public domain movie in there called The Brain That Wouldn't Die. So you could just sit there and watch it, which <laughs> I thought was a pretty hilarious and awesome idea. Um, but the game wasn't out for very long before someone went after them for a copyright violation on this public domain movie. And they were like, I, I can't, I can't fight this, even though I'm clearly right. Like, so they just had to remove it from the game entirely, which I forget if they removed it or they like muted it or something. But regardless, you can't watch the film in there anymore, which, which I think is a shame because I actually wanted to do it. <laughs> yeah. Copyright stuff is weird. Yeah, there's a couple of things I'm seeing here that are 100% of the video. It looks like somebody just took my video and put, like, Russian subtitles on it, mm. which is, I guess, is fine. I'm not going to get mad at them for it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm not getting any money from it. Grr, I'll have yeah. to slap them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's such a weird thing anyway, right? Because it's all based on footage from a game that other people made anyway. Yeah. Yeah, another weird copyright thing. Uh, I mean, I've been on YouTube long enough where they've changed the rules and how they do copyright stuff. So, um, let's see. There's there's a number of Phoenix Wright and uh, Professor Layton videos, which are just the monetization is off. That's how they did it back then. It looks mm -hmm. like these were all from May and June 2011. Right, and is that is that coming from like Capcom? They like made you demonetize the videos or something? I don't know how to check if it's coming from yeah. Capcom. I think it was the music. It looks oh, like yeah. I was gonna say it could be whoever owns the music copyright, I guess, which would presumably also be Capcom. Hmm. Let's see if I can actually do. Can I like mute the song in the background? I don't know. <laughs> I'm looking on uh, Phoenix Wright <laughs> Justice for All, Episode 2, Part 16. Apparently the song is Le Petron est devenu fou. That doesn't what? sound like a Capcom uh, issue no. with, with the song. But I can say it's a cover song, which doesn't make sense. Okay. Anyway, copyright stuff is weird. Yeah. Oh, Let's well. Let's go through this, see if there's any others. And now this is, uh, this looks like a German song that is, they're claiming is inside Phoenix Wright number three. Mm -hmm. the, the, I mean, the French song, I was wondering if that wasn't the, uh, the, there's like a French chef or there's some, some, some kind of French character, I re if I recall correctly. Yes, there is. It's not it, though. Oh, okay. Okay. No. <laughs> okay, I see here with Professor Layton, like, it's legit, it's just a bunch of Japanese, um, characters so i assume that one's legit i don't know about these phoenix Wright ones though uh mm. one saying there's a french song that's all in the game that belongs to them but uh you know if a company in japanese is claiming they own the music to professor layton i'm gonna assume that's correct because it's a japanese game it's certainly more likely than the french company yeah 
so I feel like the only other video game stuff I did this past month was I worked on writing more of the superhero game. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I think pathway number one is completed. I I, I went through it again. That and the intro uh, just, you know, revised them. And now Did I'm... you add the uh, the superhero idea that I came up with on Twitter? Oh, uh, which one? I didn't. I didn't tag you. I didn't tag you, so you probably didn't even see it. <laughs> I had an idea for a superhero that um that that uh develops powers from handling too much uh uranium glass at yard sales, like they collect used uranium drinkware. Oh, I never. I don't remember <laughs> but... seeing that. No, no. Yeah. I mean, I could change... No, I mean... This villain's origin story is that they were hit by uh, lightning multiple times. So I, I guess I could change that if I wanted to. What was my idea for its name? <laughs> I said then they can have a skateboard and you can call them the cheap skate. Uh. <laughs> I didn't say it was a good idea. <laughs> Yeah, just made me think of it because that's such that's a weird thing that comes up at yard sales and estate sales a lot is uranium glassware. Anyway, completely unrelated. So you 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 finished the first pathway? Is that what you said? Oh yeah, the first pathway was finished, yeah. but I just went through it again. I think I added uh, some variables and rewrote some parts. Cool. And then I think I punched up the introduction area and. I'm being smart and trying to make a list of the various characters that appear. But then, uh, my... Oh yeah, with, with AI art off the table, we're gonna have to once again figure out how we can get photos of people wearing superhero costumes. I was gonna say, the file file got lost because, uh, it was on my flash drive, and then, um, my flash drive was in my suitcase, and it just got broken when I opened up the suitcase. Oh. Later, uh, luckily, I had the one file was open, uh, and I had that Word document open, so I was able to save it. And um, okay, uh, that's frustrating. Yeah, now I'm gonna have to go through pathway number one and make that list of characters again. Oh well. Uh, also, coming up with names for some of the characters. Let's see, what was the name? Because I just used Superman as a. Uh, the shorthand for the one character. I think now his yeah. name is the the Cosmic Champion. Nice. I think that was the only one I had to to change and, and give an actual name to. Actually, uh, other superhero names I had were a uh, Doctor Strange, Fate, and uh, the, <laughs> the Power Twins, and Steel Woman. Well, and the Flea, but oh, and Burger Man, of course. Of course. Yes. With the power to eat any burger whatsoever. Yes. I'm still not sure what situations that comes in handy. Well, what if a villain, like, encases a city inside a cheeseburger? And and they're like, well, how can we get rid of this enormous cheeseburger fortress? And, and then he just picks up his fork and puts on a bib and goes to work. I was actually thinking, like, uh, the villains would challenge him to like burger eating competitions oh nice yeah and he he would obviously win that seems like the one superhero you wouldn't challenge to a burger eating contest though it's like that's a pretty that that doesn't seem like a great plan from the villains 
I know, but that's also a superhero trope. I think it's called it, this looks like a job for Aquaman where <laughs> like something always happens near water or river or right. a lake. So Aquaman can feel included and help the team. It's like <laughs> the, the villains are going can... out of their way to help Aquaman <laughs> be part of the group. The only witnesses to this crime were a bunch of fish. What are we going to do? <laughs> yes. Uh, so I've made uh, some decent headway on both co-author Crush and Cat President 3, if, if you want to hear about some of that a little bit. Sure. What, what do you want to hear about first? Uh, let's hear about co-author Crush. Uh, I did find like two people for the last two rules, but I haven't got pictures yes. of them yet. So I'll try to get those pictures in uh, as soon as I can. That's awesome. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, I've, I I think I talked about this last month, but I, I started going through and replacing a lot of the backgrounds and stuff in the in the first couple of chapters, and then I and I sort of picked up where I left off when I was working on the game before all this all these issues with the art came up. So uh, I'm working on pathway number three now. Uh, I'm just kind of playing through stuff, adding music, sound effects, visual effects, adding new art where I can and where the art is available. Um, and I'm up to what? I just got up to chap chapter five uh, earlier today. That's that's just sort of in general where I am. Um, some of the details of that, um, I did get blinking animations to work for all of our characters. So good news, we're going to have the same creepy blinking animations that we had in Too Many Santas. Uh, with the caveat that um, with a little bit of help from ChatGPT, I was this time able to figure out an option to turn the blinking off if you find it too upsetting. <laughs> I'm glad ChatGPT actually figured out how to get that to work. It told me about condition switches, which is uh, what I needed to be able to, like, you can toggle an option and then it, and then have it actually update all the art that's currently visible on the screen, right? Because that, that, that's sort of what the problem I was running into with Too Many Santas was that I was able to make this option to turn the blinking off, but it would only affect character art moving forward. Uh, so if we didn't change a character view for several lines of dialogue, that character would still be blinking at you until it was given a new view. So using condition switch, I was able to uh, code it so that uh, when you change the option and return to the game, it resets everything, basically. And then everyone is either blinking or not blinking, depending on what you want them to be doing. So thank That's you, ChatGPT. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, I tried two things with ChatGPT, which did not work. So I'm glad oh, no. ChatGPT. <laughs> I think that was... <laughs> Getting back to what I was saying earlier with the achievements, uh, one of the achievements was going to be like time travel, where a character says a line. It's like, oh, well, yeah. it's like you can't go back in time and choose a different co-author. And I thought, boy, wouldn't it be funny if a character loaded the game there and, you know, <laughs> loaded the uh, selection, the character selection screen on that line? Because it's a video game. You can go back in time and choose yeah. a, a different author. So I, I thought it would be funny if somebody did that and there would be an achievement for it. And uh, ChatGPT could not think of a way to actually make that achievement happen. <laughs> oh, poor ChatGPT. Yeah, I, I consulted them the other day, too, when I was doing some writing for my road trip game. Um, I was trying to think of, like, nicknames for a kidnapper that, like, 
that like a newspaper would give someone like an example like from the office they have the the scranton strangler like a name like that that you would give to give to this criminal mm-hmm. uh it was specifically a kidnapper that looks kind of young uh so some of the options that chat gpt gave me were the youthful abduction artist uh the adolescent kidnap fiend <laughs> the youthful abducting imp <laughs> the teenage vanishing maestro, uh, and I think my favorite, the baby face abduction wizard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even. <laughs> Can't you just see the headlines now? <laughs> baby face abduction wizard strikes again. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's fun. ChatGBT some can sometimes be pretty helpful for brainstorming stuff like this when you're stuck. Uh, but it was it was kind of struggling and it and it kept kind of like it kept kind of wagging its finger at me and it was like this now you know some people might not like this. I'm like, leave me alone, ChatGBT. It's for a story. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a kidnapper. I'm not really the teenage kidnapping wizard, alright? Come on. Something else I asked ChatGBT about is um Gosh, it's something that's so silly, but shouldn't be a problem, but somehow is. Um, it's just the order that options appear on uh, on Renpai. Mm. You know, like where a character, you know, you know, the character asks, um, "How are you doing today?" And you have the option, "Well, I'm doing fine," or "I'm doing terrible." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Hey, is there a way just to randomize it so sometimes?" I'm doing fine is the first option, and then sometimes it's the second option. And you'd think that would be simple, but it's not. It it gave me this complex-looking code, how it's like, this will totally work, and it was one of those super complex ones where it will work no matter how many different options you have, so there could be 15 things on the menu. And then Mm -hmm. it make a list of every single possibility and randomly choose from that. Which seems like more work than it should be, actually. Yeah. You can try asking it after you do that. Like, you can say, can you make the code simpler? Or can you, you could even try saying, like, I only am ever going to need this for three options maximum. Can you make the code simpler? Uh, and sometimes stuff like that works. Like, I, I, when I was figuring out the condition switch thing, I, I kept having to say stuff like that. Like, the, <laughs> like, literally, like, your code is too complex. Can you make it easier for me? <laughs> Well, I mean, it wanted to do it by introducing some, importing a feature through Python. I'm like, oh, okay, boy. whoa, whoa, whoa. Maybe you could just do this with, like, the randomized feature that yeah. already exists in RenPy, rather than trying to bring in another programming language here. A little show off. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I, <laughs> I think ChatGPT doesn't know a ton about RenPy specifically, because sometimes it will give me, like, Python code. And then I'll put it in and I'll be like, hey, ChatGPT, this didn't work. Here's my error message. And it'll respond, oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, Upon looking at it further, this code is not compatible with RenPy specifically. And then it'll give me something else that's also in Python. (laughs) And we just keep going back and forth. Yeah. So I just tried loading a game where with the uh, like the randomized thing and it just didn't Mm. work. Um, yeah, and sure. I did what you did. It's like, hey, RenPy gave me back this error. And it's like, oh, I see the problem. Here's an updated version that will fix it. And the updated version did not fix anything. Uh... And, uh, after like 10 times of going through that, I, I said, you know what, forget it. So if I can <laughs> think of an easy way to do that, um, I don't know, maybe I'll try again someday. Sure. 
But I do like the uh, the eye blinking thing because I thought we had that similar a similar situation in um, co-author Crush where uh, the character could be wearing one or two different outfits. And I didn't know how mm. to do that except have a variable like character is wearing outfit A. Yeah. And so every single time it'd be if character is wearing outfit A equals true, then show the character in outfit A else show the character in outfit B. Yeah, so I think that's something else that that this mysterious condition switch would probably work for. Yeah, so that'd Uh, be good. I don't know if we have the model take multiple outfits. We didn't. No, we didn't. Doesn't matter. Okay. (laughs) So it doesn't matter. Forget that. (laughs) But theoretically, it could be useful. (laughs) Um, on On the topic of blinking animations real quick, I am discovering that uh, I did not remember to ask every single one of our models for a picture with their eyes closed. <laughs> so that's making things slightly complicated. Uh, a few characters now have eyelids that are not technically their own eyelids. <laughs> but uh, maybe it'll be a fun game to figure out who has the fake eyelids. Oh, dear. <laughs> I'm sorry to everybody. Um... Let's see, a couple other things about um, about photos for the game. Um, I had some fun kind of uh, staging photos for uh, the main character's sister's house. Uh, she's an author, so I've been kind of running with this very, very book-heavy <laughs> themed decor for her uh, to the point of obsession, clutter. Uh, some, some might call it a, a hoarder. <laughs> Uh, so for example, I, I, I used my own kitchen for her kitchen, but, um, I piled books all over the countertop, uh, and, uh, on top of the stove and there's some kind of pouring out of the microwave as well. How long are they going to keep this dead person's books just lying around the house? <laughs> and in her bedroom, uh, I, I just scattered books all over the bed, but then, uh, pushed them to the to the sides as though someone was making room in the bed so she could snuggle up with the books, <laughs> in- including making a pillow out of books. <laughs> I'm very excited. I'm having a little too much fun. Um, there's a there's a bookstore, a used bookstore around here that I want to kind of check out to see if I can get any pictures there too, because I was looking at it on Google Maps and. It just looks like a bookstore that was hit by a tornado and they never really put anything back where it went. <laughs> like it's such a it's a it's a operational functional used bookstore, but it's like the messiest looking thing I've ever seen. So sort of hoping I can get some cool shots of that. And similarly, uh, while I was driving around to yard sales the other day, I, I found a neighborhood that kind of worked for one of the scenes we needed pictures of in the game. So I just <laughs> kind of pulled over and slowly drove down the neighborhood with my window rolled down, just snapping pictures of it. Uh, I'm sure there were a lot of people calling the neighborhood watch on me. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Did not did not stay too long. Uh, just Just long enough to just be a little bit creepy. Okay, so I take it that means we are having, like, real-life photographs for the backgrounds. Yes, sorry, yes, we are. All right. Yeah, because we had to replace, because we had the AI stuff before, so that's all going away. Great, now we're going to have to get pictures of two different burger places. Uh, I already got one, so, I mean, that's something, too, is a lot of the pictures I've just been able to replace with pictures I've already have on hand, because I 
We've been doing this for several years now, so now I just sort of by default take pictures of places wherever I am in case I can use them in a game. Um, so it's it's been going pretty well so far. Right. I even have a a burger restaurant that I think kind of looks like like a kitty place. It has uh, like right in the foreground there's like uh, like a horse statue that kids can ride on kind of thing. Nice. Well, if there's any any places that are hard to get, I'll try to think of some. <laughs> sure, I I have been uh, keeping lists. Yeah, I think I was talking a month or two ago about how I need to. I, I was going to do a tour of local castles <laughs> to find the right one for that one scene where we need a castle. Yes, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but um, so far so good. To be honest, uh, it hasn't really been too big of an issue. Um, I mentioned before that I found some software online that makes removing backgrounds of pictures really easily easy uh and it's been a big success so far using that to remove backgrounds from uh pictures of our human models uh so that's that's been going great uh now now it's the <laughs> the eyelids thing the, the making a closed eye view for every single image now that's the new thing that's slowing it down a little bit um uh, but it's fine I've also been kind of messing with the timing for some of the closed eyes pictures, too, because uh, I think in Too Many Santas, I might have made it a little too fast. So I, I've slowed it down a little bit. Uh, and the code's kind of cool. It um it doesn't like it doesn't evenly space out the blinks, if that makes sense. Like sometimes it'll be like six seconds. Sometimes it'll be like four point five. Sometimes it'll be eight seconds. Like it randomly chooses it each time. Yeah. I was going to say, it should be random each time, yes. Yeah. That's how it is in real yeah. life. Yeah, exactly. So um, I just I just kind of took the code from Too Many Sam- Santas and bumped the numbers all up a little bit. Uh, and uh, I'm quite happy with how it's turning out so far. Um, let's see, I think that's, that's all my notes for co-author Crush at the moment. Um, so, moving on to Cat President 3, a.k.a. Cat president, third-rate candidates. Um, the the big news here is, uh, I mean, I guess it's not that big, but I've started coding the game. <laughs> I'm I'm three pages into the introduction, um, so I mean, there there isn't. It doesn't look like there's a ton done, um, but it kind of feels like there is. One of the I, I guess kind of hurdles I'm running into is that um, I can't just copy and paste art directly from the first two games, right? Like, so for Cat President 2, I was able to copy, like, elements of the title screen, uh, the text box, um, the click-to-continue icon. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just copied and pasted all that in because everything was the same size and it just sort of makes sense to make it all look the same because it's a sequel. Uh, But now in Cat President 3, the resolution is, like, over twice as big. (laughs) So I can't do that now. Um... So I'm sort of having to rebuild uh, a lot of these assets. Um, Not necessarily from scratch, because in a lot of cases, I can go back to the original source of the art and download it there um, to get it at a higher resolution, if that makes sense. like Yeah, one's just like a spinning wheel, right? I guess I could be wrong. Well, the uh, so the click to continue icon is uh, it's a little yarn ball with uh, periods coming out behind it for example. Um, so I, the version in Cat President 2 is too small for Cat President 3, so I just found the original image that I sourced from the internet and downloaded it again and resized it so it's the right size. So, I mean, it, it, it's 
slightly more complicated than just copying and pasting, but it's not that big of a deal. Um, that said, I did sort of redo the text box for Cat President 3 because I was kind of just getting tired of the one from the first two games. So I, I spent a little, probably too much time working on that than I really should have. Um, but I, I like the results at least. While I'm talking about the text box, one weird issue that came up with that is that I have, so I have a four monitor setup for my computer. On three of the monitors, the text box looks great. And on one monitor, the pattern in the text box that I have of, it's like hearts and paw prints, something like that. The pattern is a lot more pronounced on one monitor to the point where the text gets a little difficult to read. I don't know why. <laughs> I do not know why it would do that. Um, but using the uh, knowledge I gained uh, previously about about creating new preferences, like the blink, no blink option, I was able to create an option uh, that if you don't like the text box, you can uh, change it out for one that's just a solid color with no pattern at all. So if anyone else happens to be playing the game on a monitor or a screen or whatever, where the uh, text is a little unreadable because of the text box pattern, that can be fixed now. You can just change it. Interesting. I wonder what's wrong. Maybe there's like contrast issues with the one monitor. Yeah, it's very annoying. Because, like, I get it so it looks perfectly on three out of four screens, and then on one screen, it's it's all messed up. I don't understand. Oh, well. Yeah, but that that's all taken care of now, uh, and, and I'm quite happy with the text box. Um, other than that, going back to, to images from the previous game, um, I guess this means I'm probably going to have to redo a lot of the original... Like, when we have cats that were in the previous game that show up in this one, like DJ Nibbles... Uh, I'll, I'm going to have to go back to the original art assets and redo those as well. Um, I don't think there's a ton of recurring characters, so it'll probably... I mean, it's it's not like it's any more work than editing a cat from scratch anyway. Ha ha ha. Uh, well, we purposely but... tried not to have too many recurring characters. Yeah. And obviously President Nibbles, but I think that was it. Yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, because we don't do the thing we do in in Cat President Two, where all the all the previous nominees show up, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. So that was already dealt with. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I could take new pictures of my dog wearing cat ears uh, if, if you oh. need. If we still have the cat ears, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean it, it's the, it's the same thing as with the interface art. Is as long as I can dig up the original photographs for any of this stuff which i believe i should be able to it'll be fine although that said dj nibbles is the one cat that is made up of multiple cat parts so that could be a little difficult no that was wasn't that thunderpaw as well um thunderpaw and banders uh, like both had parts of each other to make them look <laughs> that's more like right twins. you're right yeah <laughs> you're right Oh man. But yeah, DJ Nibbles is the one where like the top half and the bottom half are two different cats. <laughs> oh no. Oh dear. <laughs> um so I guess I'll I'll figure that out. Um similar to the website that lets me remove backgrounds, there are also websites that allegedly use AI to uh to increase an image's size like the, uh and they they I've I've tested some of those before. I think they they do a better job than Photoshop does. Um so if necessary i can try some of those things and and see if that helps out at all 
Yeah, sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Like, you can only increase yeah. a, a resolution so far before it's just impossible. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think the original DJ Nibbles image was, like, not the highest quality to begin with. So, I don't know, maybe um, maybe we need to find a new picture for that. <laughs> for the, that looks like DJ Nibbles or something. I would prefer not to, but I guess I'll think about that. I also wanted to mention that uh, all of the main cats, uh, aside from Jelly Jam, uh, have now been fully cast. The images are edited, they're all in the game, and they all have blinking animations too, just like in Co-Author Crush. <laughs> uh, which which looks a little weirder on the cat art than the human art, if I'm honest. <laughs> um, but I think it works pretty well. I also uh, messed with the timing here, because I think in real life, Cats don't blink as often, and they blink for longer than humans do. So I, I sort of put that into the code as well. Like, the, the blink frame is held longer for the cat characters than it is for the human characters. And there are longer periods between blinks. That feels like something we should be able to look up. <laughs> oh, you... I guess I could, like, get, like, actual biological numbers for these things. <laughs> How often do cats just... blink? Hmm... Ooh, they, yeah, wow. Cats can go for hours without um, blinking. Okay, well, hmm. That's... I think that might be too long. <laughs> we don't have characters on the screen that long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, instead of blinking, cats usually do something that looks like squinting. Uh, squinting. Yeah, sure, sure. Cats have a third eyelid called a... Oh. Nicotating membrane that helps with tear oh. production through special glands. Huh. Okay. Yeah, I think I think dogs have those too, and it's always extremely upsetting when you see your dog, or I guess your cat, with just that part closed. I'm, I do not like it. So they do not blink to remove tears as a result. Tears just evaporate. Hmm. Well, our cats blink. <laughs> <laughs> They're talking cats, so they can do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've sort of, like, set the um the very first scene, like, the first few lines of the game. It has kind of a kind of a sensory overload thing going on. Like, you click to start the game, and it pauses for a few seconds. And then it's, like, an immediate cut to the festival. All six cats are on there. There's loud music playing. There's loud background music. They're all staring and blinking at you weirdly. <laughs> It's 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 a it's a much quicker setup than uh, than our previous games. I think it's fun. All right, there were two other things with Cat President Three I wanted to talk with you about real quick, if that's all right. Okay. Um. So where did where did we land on uh, on Jelly Jam? Did we decide that we are going to do masks for that for Jelly Jam and for uh their siblings? Is that what we decided, or were we still thinking about the you know, the model idea? Uh, I don't care either way, to be honest. Um, <laughs> like, we could have an actual cat do it. I don't think that would be the worst thing ever. I've been getting yeah. ads for those stupid cat masks uh, on my <laughs> monitor, like, every day for the past <laughs> month or so. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so it's not your fault. It's not. Uh, well, it is your fault. But I mean, it is my fault. It's a legit if, especially if it's, reason. If it's. If it's Timu, that's definitely my fault, because once you click on them, like, you're getting ads for the rest of eternity from them. Yep, that's them. Ugh. Yep. <laughs> Alright, so you don't care, so I'll, I'll I'll make the call on that. Cool. I'll Because I, I, 
I unfortunately had yet another idea, which was I, I randomly saw pictures online of people cosplaying as characters from Cats. So it occurred to me like, oh, man, they can they can do like the actual makeup that looks like a character from the musical. That's even cooler. Mm-hmm. Um, but all right. Uh, I can keep thinking about that. Um, uh, and something that you and I had been talking about through email is the red highlighted text in Cat President. So uh, briefly, um, as background for our listeners, uh, in Cat President 1 and 2, we just sort of do this thing where important or interesting phrases in the game are are highlighted in a red color. Uh, and I think I make the font size a little bigger too to, to sort of draw your attention to it. There are a couple of reasons that I had wanted to do this. One was just because it's what the Ace Attorney games do. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so it seemed like something you do in a visual novel. Um, but it also sort of it, it had a design purpose for me, I, I was thinking, because in the first game, especially all of our characters are just a single picture. Like even the humans, they're they're only one picture for each character. So when you're actually playing the game, like it's a very static game. Like there are there are times when you're just looking at a single background and a single image of a cat or a person for just like minutes on end. And the only thing that changes is the text on the bottom. So I thought that just sort of highlighting phrases from time to time would just add a a very, very subtle dynamic element just to make the game more slightly more visually interesting. But now if that purpose like that doesn't really matter as much now. One, because we have multiple views for all the human characters, uh, and two, because now we have the blinking animations. So there's there's stuff happening on the screen now. So that, that original purpose is gone. So I've been sort of wondering whether we still need or want the red text. And the reason this came up is because I shared a screenshot in development of Cat President 3 on Twitter, and people immediately did not like the red text. <laughs> It was it was the only thing that I got critique about or any feedback at all was that the text was hard to read. <laughs> I will say, though, that um, in the version of the game I'm working on right now, I once again was able to come up with an option in the preferences menu. So we can continue to include the red highlight and have it something that we can turn off if we want to continue with it. So what are your thoughts? It does look... Uh... I mean, again, I don't, I don't really care. Uh, the red text was just used kind of as an alternate to like using italics in a lot of places. I think that's true. Yeah, yeah. And it, I mean, it is useful for that, so we don't overuse italics. We have a second thing we can do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the reason I chose red and and the way I sort of came to that was because then it makes the uh the primary colors of the text box red, white, and blue, which I think is kind of cool. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I do kind of like the way it looks, but if everyone hates it, maybe there's no point. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry to keep saying I have no strong opinions either way. <laughs> All right. Nope, that's fine. I'm I'm happy to make the final call. I just um the way the way I have to code it to make the option work too is that uh I need to put each line each line with red highlighted text in the game twice. Basically, I'm I'm just using a basic variable if highlighting is true then show the version of the line with the highlighting otherwise show the version without the highlighting so it is a a slight bit of extra work not a ton um i don't know maybe we'll keep it 
if you if you don't care one way or the other, uh, I don't know. I guess it's not necessarily a negative if it's in there with the option to turn it off, unless people hate it and then also don't realize they can turn it off if they want to, <laughs> and then they're just annoyed. Uh, do you have any interest in listener questions at all? Okay, let's hear it. Uh, we have a question from Joe Reviewer on our Discord. Uh, Joe, by the way, uh, will be making his uh, video game modeling debut in uh, co-author Crush. Joe is playing the character of Wimpy. Hmm. <laughs> so that's fun. Um, but Joe wants to know, since the fall of Unity, <laughs> there's been a lot of discussion about the feasibility of indie devs to rely on paying external companies to port games made in open source game engines. Could you talk a little about your experience and how you evaluated the cost slash benefit? Wow. So I, I think you're going to have to back up with the fall of Unity. That's Absolutely. definitely a... <laughs> I have seen a, people talk about it. Yes. Okay. Um. So Unity is a, a game development engine. Uh, it's It's... I mean, similar to RenPy in that you use it to make games, but it's, you know, much, much more powerful, much, much more flexible. You can use it to make any kind of genre, any type of game, not not just visual novels. Uh, and it's extraordinarily popular. A lot of huge games that are out right now uh, are made on Unity and a lot of not so huge games, too. Lots of lots of little indie games use Unity. Um, so they've announced recently that um, they're changing some things about uh, how it's like how how they charge people to use Unity. Basically, um, I I think the the details of this are ever evolving uh, because people have been really mad at them, so they keep kind of backtracking. Um, mm-hmm. But the basic idea is they want to start uh, once you reach a certain threshold of sales, they want to charge developers uh, either a percentage of their sales or a flat fee based on the number of installs of your game, like the number of people who have installed your game on their machine. They want to, they want you to pay for that. Uh, and just people are, are not happy about that. The least of which, because at least when they initially announced this, this would be kind of retroactive. Like your game has already been out for years and they're going to now start charging you money per installation like so they're they're sort of like changing the rules after you've already used their software to make a game and release it yeah uh, which yeah which is which is not great not a i think everyone can agree not great so joe's question then uh the feasibility of indie devs to rely on paying external companies to port games made in open source game engines um so i i'm i'm not sure if joe is like specifically talking about the feasibility of paying a company like Unity to use their engine, or if he's talking more about um, how, since we're not using Unity, the feasibility of developers like us to pay other companies to port the games that we make. I don't know. Joe, none of that really is relevant to us whatsoever, to be perfectly honest with you. RenPy, totally open source, totally free. Renpy Tom does not charge anybody anything for anything. Has never been an issue for us. Um, if you're talking about how we now have to pay a publisher to publish our games on consoles, um, we so we have been publishing. We did publish a game through a publisher on consoles. Um, we uh, what they get a percentage of it basically. 
Uh, and I'm totally fine with that because really, no matter what engine we're using, I would have absolutely no idea how to publish a game on a Nintendo. <laughs> so so the, the cost, uh, considering they, they were asking for a percentage and not a flat upfront fee, the cost was, was very little in that respect because it was instead of making zero money, we were now making X percent money. Now, if we had to pay up front, then that would have been a much harder decision because then we have to sort of weigh like, well, do we have any idea how much money this game is going to make? Are we going to make that money back? Are we going to make a profit on top of that? I don't know if that really answers your question, Joe. I'm sorry. I mean, if Rempike did decide to try like retroactively change oh. their rules, that would be mean. Yeah. I, I can understand why everybody would be up in arms about it. I mean, we would be over. That would put us out of business. Twenty cents per sale, or something like that. Yeah, it would. It would not. It would not work for us. I mean, because we're yeah, we're already paying fees to Steam. We're paying, you know, I mean, taxes, just basic taxes. Like, if anyone else really wants to take a cut of our profits, like we're already not making a ton to begin with. I'd rather not have any more people get their fingers in the pie. Yeah pie is going to get real gross anyway that's pretty much all i have to say on that topic <laughs> thank you renpy tom for making your software free and not charging anybody to do anything with it <laughs> you are good <laughs> we appreciate you even if chat gpt doesn't understand how to code in renpy it's okay all right uh should i should i wrap it up for us sure why not Unless there's anything you wanted to, else you wanted to talk about. I, I sort of took over the second half of the podcast here. That's okay. <laughs> I talked about my stuff, yeah. All right, well, uh, I think that about does it for this month's episode. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Paul M. Franzen, and Michael is at Argolfumpf, spelled exactly as it sounds. You can check out our games on PC and console, or just visit orock.com for the complete library. Our theme song is by Fifth Avenue. You can check them out on SoundCloud. And finally, if you have any questions about game development or our game specifically, we'd love to hear them. Post them in the Discord or email them to podcast at rock.com. I'll ask it. Is there anything you'd like to add, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> I, I never have anything to add, I suppose. Uh, I could complain it was really hard doing the writing. I don't think I'll be able to juggle multiple writing projects at the same time. I was also thinking of writing One Minute Mysteries. I think I wrote like yes. three mysteries for One Minute Mysteries too, yes. and it quickly became obvious I cannot do this and the, the superhero game at oh. the same time. It's fine if you want to focus on your book. I, it's going to be a while before we uh, we clear our slate of games in development, I think. Well, I'm sure people are going to get mad at me for trying to focus on a book or on a video game oh. instead of just doing whatever the next Nancy Drew review is. Game 24, oh. 27, 28. I don't, I can't number these. Is it's one 28. Minute, is One Minute Mysteries 2 going to be called Two Minute Mysteries? No, it's just One Minute Mysteries 2. Because oh. Two Minute Mysteries is uh, already a thing. Because I want you to keep going until you're having to write, like, 26-minute mysteries. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Okay. All right, well, uh, goodbye, everyone. Bye. A story will be told.
I'll get I'll get I'll get my emotional support Michael to join me. <laughs> <laughs>